Good afternoon and welcome to a live edition of Mid-South Viewpoint on this Thursday. Glad to see some sunshine right now. I don't know where you are, but I had a chance to go out and have some lunch with my wife, which is always a treat. It was nice just to have a little sunshine. It's been cloudy the past few days. Looks like it's warming up maybe just a little bit. Tomorrow's will be even better, looks like. Rain's back in the forecast for the weekend, but hey, that's okay. We're so glad to have you here on our Mid-South Viewpoint program. We're going to talk about an event coming up this Sunday for the entire city to participate in. 1968 was a very difficult and pivotal time in America. Memphis became the focal point of the world for all the wrong reasons. The hope for justice, equality, and change during the sanitation strike turned into a gut-wrenching heartbreak as the life of Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. came to a tragic and premature end. For the past 50 years, we've been fighting to live up to the dream. For the past 50 years, we've been fighting for the wrongs to be acknowledged. For the past 50 years, we've been fighting the consequences of oppression. We should not still be fighting this fight. The Memphis Christian Pastors Network is a racially and denominationally diverse group united to pursuit of the dream and committed to rewriting the narrative of Memphis over the next 50 years. And that's why we're here today with our guests. We have the executive director of this great organization, again, the Memphis Christian Pastors Network. I refer to him as Colonel because he dedicated his life for the safety and protection of our community for over 30 years. We've got Colonel James Kirkwood, Pastor Kirkwood. Thank you for being here today. Hey, it's a pleasure. You know, it's really is a pleasure. I love it. You know, the good thing about my new position as exec- executive director is I get to work with these great guys. <laughs> all right? I am working with some of the, the best pastors in this city. And uh, we haven't introduced our pastors yet. Here we've got Rufus Smith, and I've been trying to round up this guy. He's been avoiding me for my show, so it's great that you brought him in here. You didn't have to handcuff him, did you, to bring no, him in? No? no. We've got Rufus Smith, who's the senior pastor at Hope Presbyterian Church. Rufus, good to see you. Delighted to be here. Hey, I was at your church a couple of weeks ago and just laughed and laughed and laughed. You weren't preaching. It was the Tim Hawkins concert. Tim Hawkins, that's right. (laughs) We also have Pastor Steve Gaines of Bellevue Baptist Church. I want to remind friends, Steve Gaines can be heard every Sunday night at 6 p.m. for a live Bellevue service. Pastor Steve, good to have you here today. Good to be here. Thank you. Okay, now, the common thread here with you guys, besides we're all brothers in Christ, love Jesus, but we're talking about the Pastors Network. So let's just do a little backstory, if we could, James, and talk about the network and how you're connected with it and what's the purpose and what it's all about. I think there's some 67 churches, I believe, in the Memphis area connected with the network. Yes, uh, 67 churches. But the good thing is how it started was uh, I was at Old Island Station working. I didn't even know they were meeting, all right? <laughs> and Pastor Rufus, he could add to that how they really got started. Uh, all right, with the uh, chaos of the I-40 bridge happened, uh, I called a few friends and said, let's come together as pastors and uh, not only pray together, but also to have some candid conversations around race and uh, e- economics together and uh, socialize together so that we can sort of bridge the trust gap. We scheduled that without any media for three consecutive Monday nights, and we did that. And um, at the end of that third week, people just wanted to continue on, and out of that was born the Memphis Christian Pastors Network. Uh, We said that in order for this to happen, though, 
we need to have an executive clergy committee, 12 to 15 pastors, but they need to be senior leaders. And then we needed to hire an executive director who could full-time keep the um, keep us moving forward because right. all of us were busy. And so in a 31-year veteran and pastor, Colonel James Kirk. That's right, Chris. Pastor was at Ambassadors for Christ Church there for how many years were you pastoring there? Uh, Fifteen. Fifteen years, in addition to being one of Memphis' finest, yes. you know, with the police department. Yes. But June of 2017, when you retired from the police department, <laughs> you also stepped down from stepped your down position from... there. Still very connected with the church. Yes. You and your wife are. I believe that this is a full-time position for you. It is a full-time position, and uh, they are working me. <laughs> Uh, the Jubilee worship. I mean, it has been uh, hands-on, 8 o'clock in the morning to 8 o'clock at night, you know, yeah. trying to pull all these things together. Wow. But it's so worth it. It is so worth it. Pastor Steve, what do you think about this network in the sense of having a way to bring very like-minded people together, to have the same goal, the same direction that they want to do to see change in our city? Well, I would have to say that it goes along with Scripture, obviously. Psalm 133, verse 1, how good and pleasant it is for brothers to dwell together in unity. And I have to be uh, transparent. I was on sabbatical when they had their first meeting. I was over in Oxford, actually. Uh, as in England, not Mississippi. But, uh, <laughs> and I, my wife and I were there, and, but my uh, administrative pastor, David Coombs, has attended the meetings. And subsequently, I was, well, I was, already, I was elected as president of the Southern Baptist Convention. So I've been, uh, I haven't missed a Sunday at Bellevue, but I've missed a lot of weeks. And so I've not been able to go to the meetings, but I have uh, attended them through David, if you will. And uh, I am for anything that will exalt the name of Jesus in Memphis and bring Christians together. I actually read the I Have a Dream speech, Mm. and I'm 56 years old. I've never read it. Mm -hmm. And it's my office today for this interview. Honestly, I was telling Pastor Kirkwood, I literally sat there and wept while Uh I read the speech. It was so moving. I pulled some select portions of the speech I'd like to kind of read today, if we could. Mm. Uh, Dr. King said, we aren't engaged in any negative protest and any negative arguments with anybody. We're saying that we are determined to be men. We're determined to be people. We are saying, and there was a big applause, we are saying that we are God's children. And if we are God's children, we don't want to have to live like we're forced to live. Mm. And I was six years old when Dr. King was assassinated, so a lot of that's blurred memory. I kind of just remember some emotions and things that happened. But I always remember the Dixie Mark Carondelet store on Summer Avenue. In the back, there was separate water fountains. Mm-hmm. I remember that, and separate bathrooms. I never really understood that, but I was six years old. Right. And so Dr. King came here. For a real specific reason. Obviously, yes. the sanitation workers were not being treated fairly. I mean, it was horrible. The conditions were really, really bad. Uh, I can remember the way the tr- sanitation workers pick up trash now is a little bit different. But when I was a kid, I remember them getting off the trucks and had these little metal cans, and they would go back to my backyard and make sure the dog was tied up and have to pour the trash into these cans. And this was their job for eight hours or whatever through the day. Mm-hmm. When they got back to the base, and I didn't learn this until I visited with Larry Lloyd, he told me this, Mm -hmm. that all of the white sanitation workers were allowed to take showers and go home fresh, but not the black sanitation workers. They had to wear the stenchy, soiled clothes that they had on home to take their showers to get clean. 
And that was one of injustice of many, obviously, Rufus. Mm-hmm. But we're not really aware of really what was going on or think about what was taking place during that time. Right. And one of the reasons we're doing the Jubilee worship on the 11th of February is to mark the anniversary of the strike, which happened on the 12th of February. And it all sort of came together on February 1st when these two uh, black sanitation workers, Echo Cole and uh, Robert Walker, uh, trying to escape a rainstorm, uh, had to find refuge in the barrel of their uh, back of the uh, trash uh, bin. And uh, through some uh, fluke of nature, uh, lightning struck and the compactor came down and uh, they were crushed to death because they were not allowed to be in the cab or obviously stand on the porches of uh, some of uh, our citizens. And as a result of that, that was a galvanizing moment where Dr. King was asked to come and uh, lead uh, a poor man's march. Well, you know, I just, I can't imagine. Dr. King was looking for justice because he said, now we're going to march again and we've got to march again in order to put the issue where it's supposed to be and force everybody to see that there are 1,300 of God's children here suffering sometimes going hungry, going through dark and dreary nights, wondering how this thing is going to come out. That's the issue. And we've got to say to the nation, we know how it's coming out. For when people get caught up with that which is right, they're willing to sacrifice for it, and there's no stopping point short of victory. Yes, exactly. Yeah. I mean, Pastor Steve, they were talking about basic survival, (laughs) something we take for granted right right now. I was 10 years old when it took place, and uh, I just remember... Uh, the chaos that was in Memphis at that time. I can remember we had uh, I had an aunt that lived in Fraser. My wife grew up in Fraser, and she remembers it vividly. Uh, remembers the garbage piling up and 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 how the people had been treated and all. And it was it was a travesty. Yeah. Uh, Rufus just mentioned about Sunday the Jubilee worship service that will take place at Mississippi Boulevard Baptist Church, which is ironically the former location. Of Bellevue Baptist Bellevue, Church, yeah. where Bellevue was for so many years. And it's Mississippi Boulevard Christian Church. Excuse me, Mississippi, yeah. thank you so Disciples much. Disciples of Christ. They call it the Boulevard. They you call know? it the Boulevard. The Boulevard. That's right. But the Boulevard. Th- that is where, and that's where I got married, by the way. Adrian ah, Rogers married me in that sanctuary. <laughs> so, yeah. Matter of fact, we were there for another, well, the Healing Wounded Hearts seminar that took place about a year ago. Uh-huh. Yes. And there was a, a supper there that night. Yes, exactly. And my son was with him, so I took a little tour and said, this is where your mom and I got <laughs> married, and this is what took place here. Beautiful. But anyway, this is the venue for yes, the Jubilee service. Correct. It's a citywide event. There's going to be food trucks and activities going on. Absolutely. Uh, it is a citywide event. You want to speak right. to that? Uh, and it'll start like at 2 o'clock, uh, 2.30. There's a drama presentation will take place first. Uh, we we put it at two, and this drama presentation will take place. Whereas we will recreate the sanitation strike, because we want people to feel what it was like 1968. Yeah. Uh, and there will be monologues, uh, uh, young men, young ladies doing monologues as the sanitation uh, worker, uh, the sanitation worker's wife, that kind of uh, food trucks to be fed. And we want you to leave your churches, come to Mississippi Boulevard, and then you'll be there on time because sitting is limited. Yeah. Uh, you know, we want you to go online and get your tickets. But I'm excited about it because a lot of times people don't really see. We fail to realize that Martin Luther King was a preacher. 
Yeah. Right? He was God's servant. And what I love about the Memphis Christian Pastors Network is that we are preachers. You know, we are God's servant called to deal with uh, injustice and uh, some of the social ills that we have. And we came up with this uh, Jubilee worship to really talk about, let's glance at the past, but let's speak about the aspirations of the future. Yeah. You know, because in his dream speech, he talks about future and uh, we're going to be talking about future. And so I'm excited about this as we move forward. And I think this is a wonderful opportunity, again, as we look at commemoration, but moving past in the future and, and looking at the unity of these churches, which is so important, because in a time when this took place, there wasn't a lot of support for the churches. Very fragmented, Pastor Steve, especially yes. among the white churches. Yeah. And I know we've had times, as I mentioned a year ago, there was the Healing Wounded Conference, and a time for about over 125 pastors came together, Correct. time for healing, time for forgiveness, and confessing the sins of the past but then uniting to move forward. And I think that's what's so important is the church takes on its role. Obviously, the gospel is foundational. We communicate the sacrifice of Jesus Christ for our sins because he is the one who gives us eternal life and we need to be saved. Mm -hmm. That's foundational. But as we see the gospel flesh out in our community through Bellevue Loves Memphis, people can see, hey, the church is not just that building on the corner. They really care about me. Pastor Steve, talk about Bellevue Loves Memphis and, and it connecting in the city, because I know you've been doing a lot in so many ways. Just had the big mission of mercy, which um, took care of the teeth and the dental hygiene of some, what, 2,000 or more residents. Yes, yeah. Uh, I've been here 12 and a half years. I came in 05 and did not know exactly what the Lord wanted us to do as we prayed in 2007. We did start a ministry called Bellevue Loves Memphis. I, I get tickled every time I say that because when we were talking about it with our leadership, one of our guys said, nobody loves Memphis. <laughs> At that time, you know, it wasn't very cool to love yeah. Memphis, you know, and I'm not saying it's cool now, but I'm just saying. And so we started a ministry of just finding a hurt and healing it, finding a need and meeting it. And we talked with the mayor and said, we don't want our picture in the paper. We're not looking for that. How can we help? And so we started with the schools, and we held a, an event for several of the schools that were failing. And we asked our people. There were like 900, I think, teachers, 800, something like that. And we said, let's take up an offering for them and give them each a $10 uh, bag of uh, school supplies and so we took up instead of eight thousand dollars what we needed we took up uh, fifty eight thousand dollars and we <laughs> took up and we gave them the other fifty thousand in cards and in uh, to, to buy school supplies and so uh, that started for us something that has been great uh, i could talk about it all day long i don't want to bore you but we have used it as a platform i really appreciate uh, what you emphasize about the gospel because we don't want to just make Memphis a better place from which to go to hell. We want to tell people about Jesus. And, get, and people that don't know Jesus are lost and they're on their way to hell. And we have to tell them that the only way to salvation is through Jesus Christ. He's not a better way. He's the only way. And we do it in love. But when you, when you do it like Jesus did, you minister to the need and then you share the gospel. And so that's what we've done. We've tried to build platforms, whether it's through Arise to Read. I know my wife started that. She's trained over 2,000 people to tutor inner-city children, and the scores on the tests are going up like crazy. Uh, but we've, we've been doing that now for 10 years. We, every quarter we have a work day. We send out over 1,000 people. Our young people love it. Uh, and our young couples love it. And uh, it has led to a lot of different venues. But it's not just for Bellevue. It's for 
all of us. I mean, I love these guys. I, I love Rufus. I, I drive by his church every day. I live I live out close to his church, and uh, he loves me. And uh, I'm I, I love I love every brother in Christ, regardless of the color of their skin or yes. background or whatever. So that's Bellevue is just trying. You know, we're we're trying to do our our thing diligently, somewhat quietly, and yet when we we speak when we need to. You know. You know, I think, too, taking time, we talk about racial division. It's taking time for each other to to hear your hearts. You know, other night, I just had to have my central barbecue fix. <laughs> Met my mom over there, and we had a great dinner. I was walking out, and there was an African-American man in front of me. He held the door for me as we walked out in the parking lot. And we began a conversation for the next hour. Wow. We're standing there. And by the way, he's a member of your church. <laughs> okay. And his name's Kenneth. Uh-huh. He's a mechanic for the city of Memphis, wow. works on the trucks. And we just started talking about what Christ had done in our lives, mm. talking about how we can try to make the city better. He's got six children. His oldest daughter is a doctor at Vanderbilt. He's put them all through college. And he's talking about being committed to our wives and family. And, you know, this example, Pastor Rufus, we need to see the family supported. If it's a single mom, the church needs to be there to be that support. Yes. Well, we know, uh, though Memphis is the most generous city, of its size and ranked in the country by Chronicle of Philanthropy. Uh, On the other side of that, uh, 47% of our children live in poverty. Uh, It's not their fault. Uh, We we have certain systems in place uh, that really need to be addressed from a biblical point of view. And that's what we have come together for Memphis Christian Pastors Network to be able to do. um, Because we know that people are doing good works. We're doing good works. Uh, Bellevue is doing good works. Other churches doing good works. But we have come to understand that really the magnitude um, of those good works is too low. And the progress of those good works are too slow. We can speed that up by collaboratively and strategically uh, cooperating together. But, But to do that, We've got to bridge our trust gap, which means uh, we come together to pray together, speak candidly together, and then just hang out and be social together. And then when those barriers begin to come down, trust begins to build up, then I'm better able to work with uh, Pastor Steve or any number of churches uh, to be able to more strategically attack the problem, particularly economic injustice. Pastor Kirkwood, in your position as the executive director of the network, uh, what's your job details look like? What are you trying to accomplish? You know, uh, and, and how can maybe pastors listening right now help assist you in what you do? Uh, right now, what we're doing is uh, I'm meeting with pastors. I'm meeting with uh, economic opportunities within our city, educational uh, opportunities, because uh, if we're going to attack the uh, economic disparity that we see, if we're going to lift it up, and that's one of the things that the Memphis Christian Pastors Network is targeting, uh, we have to find all the opportunities that we have in our city, and we have a lot of opportunities. All right? And so going to those different places, meeting the people that are in charge, uh, and coming back with pastors and, and bringing those organizations to the Pastors Network so that we can know how to connect our people in the community, that 16- to 30-year-old who may have fallen through the cracks may uh, be working but want to better themselves to have a better uh, uh, income, need to go back to school and get retrained. Yeah. Uh, so my days uh, here is really going forward, trying to connect all the pieces, all the dots, because they're out there, but we're disconnected. Uh, 
There's such great organizations. I mean, economic opportunities, streets. I mean, MAM, Memphis Athletic Ministries. We've got a good base. One of the things I had Dr. Larry Lloyd, founder and president of the Memphis Leadership Foundation, on yesterday. And we talked about one of the things that Memphis really has going for us are these great organizations where people want to see Memphis do better, economic issues and the poverty and address these things. And so I see the network here connecting a lot of these together so we can be a unit and not be fragmented in the process. Pastor Steve, as you mentioned, you are president of the Southern Baptist Convention. You've got a lot of responsibilities in your own congregation. There's 66 other churches besides yourself that are part of this network. But what does it mean for you personally to be connected with this network? Well, again, I have been doing it vicariously through David Coombs. So I've, uh, not, I'm not as close as they are, but we are wanting to be involved. And as soon as I, I'm in the fourth quarter of my serving as SBC president. And so when I hand that baton off this summer, I will be a lot more involved if you guys will allow me to. But it means a lot because God has called me not just to Bellevue, but to Memphis. You know, I don't believe God calls a pastor primarily to a church. I think he calls the pastor to the city. And when you look at the New Testament, those guys were called to a region. And that's the way I feel about this. And uh, my wife was born here. I I grew up in Dyersburg. So this is home to me. I had uh, two aunts that lived here. I, I want, you know, we we have tried to, you know, we can all use our anecdotal illustrations, but uh, just to throw out, you know, we, we bought a, in 09, nine years ago, we bought a dental clinic. We've given away three and a half million dollars worth of free dental care, but every one of them we've shared the gospel with, you know. And we you talked about the 2000 that got, I mean, we had people come in with no teeth, leaving with teeth mm. two weeks ago. I just got back from Israel. And we want to do those things, and then, but I do think that education is a key component. And I'm not just trying to parrot my wife. If she's listening, she's probably <laughs> saying, "Let me talk this morning." But, uh, but Rufus, you know, you know, you've helped with that a lot. Sure. And uh, I, I believe that teaching, you know, if a child is not on grade grade reading level at the fourth grade, there's a sixty percent chance that they're going to stay in poverty and or go to jail. Mm-hmm. And so if you can teach them to read, though, by, by the time they're in the fourth grade, if they're in that, that reading level by the fourth grade, grade, grade reading level, then they have a 90% chance of graduating from high school. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so we, that's why we, you know, we, we want to do the projects. We want to help people. We want to help people have teeth and all that and everything. And, but we want to teach kids how to read in our public schools. Yeah. And uh, we can't just... Uh, talk about it. I, that's what we're trying to do. Yeah. That's one of the biggest things. That's not the only thing, but right. I mean, we've like I said, we've trained a couple thousand people in that to volunteer, and yeah. and so that what it means to me to be involved with these guys is we're all better together. Yeah, and 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 none of us is smarter than all of us, and I think that if we can come together, and I can sit across the table with these guys, I can share my story, I can listen to their story. And really learn uh, from them uh, about, you know, Memphis, because I did not grow up here, but uh, I love this city, and I plan on staying here, Lord willing, the rest of my life, and I hope that's a long time. (laughs) Well, you know, if you're talking about transformation and Christ being the one to transform and the gospel is, we've got to be able to read the Bible, you know, so our lives can be directed on course. Reading is so important, and I know in your job for over 31 years, Colonel, you have seen it in the streets. I mean, you've seen... These kids that seem hopeless, you know there's hope for them, yes. and they need direction. You've met many of them. Yes. Here's what I, I, I always knew, all right, because I grew up in church, and uh, I'm born in Memphis with a mother on welfare, but the church was this place 
where I could be everything that I wanted to be. Right. And I would be out in the streets and I would see, you know, what is missing is these kids are not connected to a church. They don't have that foundation. They don't have that surrogate family around them. That's good. Right? Because there was deacons, there was the pastor, the mother. You, you just had a whole lot of attention uh, within church. And so uh, I would always try to go out and connect churches, make churches a part of my uh, crime-fighting strategies, all right? Uh, pull all the churches together and let's attack, not only through prayer, all right, but let's also come up with ways to address the issues, whatever it is. This, this is real outreach. Uh, this is your missionary journey uh, within our city. And that's the beauty of the Memphis Christian Pastors Network, because you got all of these churches, these brothers in Christ, sisters in Christ, sitting at the table saying, we must be the light. Yeah. We must be the light that God has called us to, to this city. That's right. And we must be the salt that makes that difference. Well, gentlemen, our time has slipped away on this program. Let's remind listeners that this Sunday, the Citywide Jubilee Worship is honoring the 50th anniversary of the sanitation workers' strike in 1968. It's a glance back, but a gaze forward. Sunday from 3.30 to 5.30. Now, the food trucks, I understand, will be on site around 2 o'clock. So yes. if you want to, a lot of folks have their own church services, obviously, on Sunday. You get out and you just come on over and there will be food trucks there for you. Things start around uh, 3.30 to 5.30. Drama start at 2.30, though, Pastor? Right. The, 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 the drama, drama will start at 2.30. But listen, now, y'all need to come out. Listen, the choir is off the chain. <laughs> I mean, Episcopal. Don't spoil the surprise. Don't spoil the surprise. Both of our mayors will also be worshiping with us awesome. as well, telling personal stories. Seating is limited for inside. Now, there will be a lot of outside activities going. Hopefully, the weather is going to cooperate, and we can not worry about that. But inside, the seating will be limited. Yes. So you're encouraged to get onto that website. There's tickets. They're free. There's no cost. But you need to go to the website. What's that website, Pastor? MemphisCPN.org. MemphisCPN.org. God bless you guys. Thank you, Pastor Steve. Pastor James, Pastor Rufus, for what each of you are doing for Christ's kingdom, taking the gospel to the city. Thank you so much for sharing with us today. We appreciate it. Appreciate you. Thank you. Well, friends, that's all the time we have on this edition of Mid-South Viewpoint. Thanks for stopping by. I'm Byron Tyler. also want to say hi to our Facebook friends out there that are watching right there. Guys, give a little wave over there to the camera. Folks have been watching the show today. Thank you so much, too. We'll say goodbye on that. Bye-bye now. Mm -hmm.